So Matt Chapman is officially, well, not officially, Matt Chapman is a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, the Jays and the Oakland A's, still in the process of finalizing a deal that everybody is pretty much confirming right now. The Blue Jays getting their third baseman, Matt Chapman. We believe, we believe that the return will be prospects, that it will not be anybody off the... Uh, Major League roster, and just as we came in the air, Shai Davidi reporting that the Jays deal for Matt Chapman is done. Going to Oakland, Kevin Smith, Gunnar Hoagland, Zach Logue, and Kirby Sneed. So the Jays have addressed their third base situation. Again, according to Shai Davidi, the deal is done. Matt Chapman is a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Smith, Gunnar Hoagland, Kirby Sneed, and uh, Zach Logue going to the Oakland Athletics in return. Kevin Barker, so the Jays get their third baseman. They still have a couple of more moves to make, I think, because Matt Chapman is right-handed, a right-handed hitter. We know that they want, uh, we know that they want uh, some more balance. So I would presume that they would still be in the market for a switch hitter or a lefty hitter. Kyle Schwarber's off the board, the Philadelphia Phillies just signed him but Kevin as I look at the Chapman deal the Jays didn't give up Gabriel Marino obviously they didn't give up Arelvis Martinez they hung on to the two prospects that I think it's safe to say I wouldn't say they put them out of bounds but those are the two minor leaguers that they really wanted to retain. And, of course, as, as Ross Atkins said yesterday in his media veil, they didn't give up anybody off the major league roster to get this done. Yeah, it's, it's again, we, we talk about this, uh, the Kikuchi thing. When I said, uh, how do you think about that? And I said the team's better because he's on it. Well, same thing with Matt Chapman. Now, the left side of the infield's much better. You got some, you know, not so much swing and miss in your rotation that you'd like. You got some ground ball guys in there. And, and having that third baseman platinum gold glove winner at third base only makes your shortstop that much better. Now, offensively, what's he going to give you? That's the big question for me. You know, he's mm-hmm. had he had some uh, some hips uh, surgery or r- right on his right leg. That 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 will be something you need to look at. at the end of twenty twenty, I believe it was when he had that issue. You know, that that's right. the side to side movement. It's actually, and uh, I just checked as because you told me to check before we came on, Kevin. September twenty twenty, he had surgery to repair the right femoral head. And labrum. So I, I guess that's kind of like the hip socket. That was in September 2020. Uh, the rehab period was four months. He was ready to go in spring training, but I'm sure, as you were about to point out, Kevin, lots of strikeouts last year 202 strikeouts, a 210 batting average. Yeah, well, you hope that's that's the reason why he had a he hit 210 and he struck out over 200 times. But yeah, look, he, he's offensively not exactly sure what he is. He'll probably hit sixth. For the Blue Jays, now, again, he, he makes this team that much better defensively. Uh, he's going to get get you outs that you normally wouldn't get from your third baseman because he's that good. He, the range he has, the arm strength he has, the accuracy of his arm, it, it, everything defensively that you need is there. Now, how much does that injury affect that, the movement side to side, up and back? Th- those things, that'll be an interesting thing to look at again. I think he's, he's getting used mindset-wise, getting over that. You know, when you have an injury, that for me is the biggest thing is, is it okay that you just forget about it? You go out there and, you, and you're your normal self. Maybe he's starting to, to get into that person. 
but maybe again it's the change of scenery that that may be something that'll help him too and and he's in one of the best lineups in baseball when you're that you're sort of forgotten he can go up and be himself again i've said this about the kikuchi thing i'll say it about the matt chapman they're a better team today than they were yesterday yeah that is uh that 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 is apparent and let's Let's just, I, I just want to throw this out there. And again, if you're just joining us, the Jays deal for Matt Chapman has been finalized according to Shai Davidi, Kevin Smith, Zach Logue, Gunnar Hoagland, who was a, uh, a, a, it's a pretty, pretty highly regarded pitcher in the organization who's coming off, uh, coming off surgery. He's a guy that a lot of folks in the organization like, and Kirby Sneed going to the, uh, the Oakland Athletics in return for Matt Chapman, 27 year old, sorry, 28 year old, 27 year old, 28 year old. 28-year-old right-hand hitting third baseman, 27 homers, 72 RBI, a 210 batting average. He is a lifetime 243 hitter. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, 2020 he had uh, September of 2020 he had hip surgery, and he, uh, he he scuffled last year. Defensively seemed to be okay, but uh, he scuffled last year offensively. There's uh, no doubt about that. And Kevin, I mentioned this to you before we came on the air. Um, you look at the Jays' history with the Oakland Athletics and infielders, right? In 2014, after the 2014 season, they acquired Josh uh, Donaldson from the Oakland Athletics. You remember that deal? Brett Laurie, Kendall Graveman, Sean Nolan, and Franklin Barreto, who everybody said was the major, the, the focal point of that deal for the Oakland Athletics. J.D., coming off year where he hit 255, that was down from a 301 average the year before. He was 29 years old. There was some concern about his defense when he came over to Toronto. We saw that concern allayed. He put together one of the best seasons a Blue Jays player has ever had and was, along with Jose Batista and Eddie Encarnacion, the, they were the center of that, that, that 2015 team. Another deal, of course, that worked out. Uh, it wasn't really a deal, but another another Oakland A infielder who came over to the Jays, Marcus Semyon last year, signed that one-year free agent contract. Uh, you would have to say that worked out for him. I think his average was 223 the year before, and a lot of people were wondering if he had any game left. Kevin, he came over to Toronto. He not only had a lot of game left, he became a Scott Boris client and ended up making a ton, a ton of money out of this. So... Just to say that the Jays' history with the A's recently has been pretty good. Yeah, look, look, Matt, offensively for me, that's the one thing you're going to be honing in on. Where are they going to put him at in the lineup? How will he look? How will his approach be different here? He's going to have lots of traffic on the bases when he comes up to hit. That That's the one thing for me, and can he simplify it? He, he sometimes is one of those guys, when you read about him, you hear, I, I've had conversations with certain people about him. They say he's a thinker. He, he overthinks a lot of things, and, and you add the surgery to the mix, that may have something to do with the, the lot of strikeouts that he had last year. And, and you know, he had some all or nothing in his swing. Can, can he get away from that a little bit more? Because he will have traffic on the bases. Simplify it. Think right center. You go, you go, you're going to some shorter ballparks in the American League East. They, the pitchers don't know him that well. They, you know, they're going to get the feel of what he can and can't do. So uh, this is perfect scenario for him. And this obviously makes the Blue Jays better. And this is the ultimate goal for, for Ross Atkins is to try and make this team better as much as he can so you can hit the ground run. They have to get off to a good start. And for me, you do it pitching and defense. And they're a better team today, today than they were yesterday. In terms of the prospects given up, using Keith Law's rankings in the athletic, he had Kevin Smith 
ranked third among the Jays' prospects uh, at number 89. Kevin Smith is, uh, uh, you know, he, he's a 25-year-old guy. He's a guy that's been in the cusp for a while. He's a guy that'll that'll start for Oakland and in, in some area. He was not going to start for the Toronto Blue Jays. That's pretty apparent. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland, the right-handed pitcher they gave up. Keith Law ranks him as the number five prospect. Um, this is a guy who had a chance to go in the top ten in the draft uh, last spring, but uh, he had Tommy John surgery. The Jays did have a lot of hopes for him. And as we go down the board, looking at the other at the other prospects they gave up, again, this is Keith Law's rankings. Rankings you know, vary from from uh, uh, from from analyst to analyst. But, boy, the the other guys that gave up, I'm going down here. I'm at number 18 in the prospect list. I'm at number 19. I'm at number 20. You know, Kirby Sneed's a guy that we saw a little bit uh, with the Jays. And Zach Logue is a guy who had, what, he struck out 100, I think he struck out 140 guys in 125 innings at high A and double A. Uh, he's a bullpen guy. But, um I, you know, I don't. I don't necessarily think the Jays had a spot for him. So, if if you're looking at this, Kevin, if you're a Jays fan, you haven't given up Jordan Groshans yet. Like you still got, you still got some moves you can make. You still have some prospects you can move if you want. You still got guys on the major league roster you can move if you want to get a little more balance to the lineup. And uh, we'll be joined by Shai Davidi later on and find out. But you 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 may have a little bit of money to spend too. So that's, you know, it, it, I, as I said, look, I, I'm the guy. Yeah, Jose Ramirez was the perfect guy for the Blue Jays. It's pretty clear that that deal wasn't going to happen. This is a good plan B for me. I, I'm fine with this. I haven't given up anything that's going to hurt me this year. I, I've, I've managed to re- maintain my prospects, the guys that I really want. Uh, I, I think this is, this is on, on balance. This is a pretty safe deal for the Blue Jays. If nothing else, this dude's going to hoover up ground balls at third base and going to make Hyunjin Ryu a very happy man. Yeah, it's well said. Uh, look, every time when, when you're uh, saying the names out loud and you get past 15, look, me, me and you today could be in some organization's top 30 prospect list. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest with that, Jeff. Like, the, you know, the, the 18th and 19th prospect is they, they got to fill out a list. No, no disrespect to the guys that you mentioned there, but – this is what Oakland's trying to do. When you make a trade like this, you try and get four or five pieces back. back. Hopefully you hit on one of them. That's the ultimate goal here. Now, Gunnar Hogland's the one guy for me is, you know, he's a location guy. He's not, he's not so much a stuff guy. And that would play a little bit better in Oakland, bigger ballparks, right? It's, it's you know, he, he is more add-subtract kind of guy, not here it is, see if you can hit it kind of guy. And, and like you said, coming off Tommy John, they can mold him into what you want. But for me, it was a win for both teams. Cliff Floyd of the MLB Network joins us. Cliff, thanks so much for joining Blair and Barker. We trust that uh, spring is treating you well. What are your what are your thoughts, early thoughts, on this, this trade for the Blue Jays? Uh, it appears as if they've given up four minor leaguers, as we said, uh, you know, one of them, Kevin Smith, the 25-year-old guy, is probably the guy closest to the majors. But they get their third baseman, they get a gold glove guy, and they haven't given up, really, probably any of their top four prospects to get him. Man, I, I think you have to like this deal. I think, you know, um, Jeff, you hit on it. When you, when you think about gold glove defense, it's almost, to me, I put that in the category of having really good starting pitching. It, it's just... You need it. You need to be able to catch the ball. You want to have pitchers on the mound um, that are very comfortable and confident in, 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 
and allowing hitters to put the ball in play and not having to be perfect. So when you make a deal and bring a guy like Matt Chapman in, you're looking at him and going, well, the average and this and that, can we punt average, please? Can, can we understand what an all-around player means? That, that, to me, is what stands out in this deal. And I think Atkins did a great job of just solidifying his defense uh, you know, in positions where the hot corner is important. So I, I, I really like the deal. Um, and if you can keep your prospects obvious, that's, that's icing on the cake. But I think they did a fantastic job with this one. Cliffy, it's so good to hear your voice. But, uh, you know, I've never really been on good teams at the big league level. You have. Tell me what's going through the clubhouse's minds right now when they hear, you know, you got Kikuchi a couple of days ago. Now you're getting a, a, right. a platinum gold winner at third base. Tell me, what, what do you think the feeling's like now? I mean, you got to feel like the front office has done their job. That's what you feel like. You feel like, all right, fellas, if you, if you can't see, then we're going to get you some glasses. Because this is what you have to understand that, that we're going for. And when you, you know, when you, when you're in the hunt and you've had a taste of success, you win 91 games last year, you know, with all the, with all the moving parts that happened last year from moving from Dundee to, to freaking Buffalo back to Toronto, like it was a lot of moving things because a lot of things went, you know, went straight up South and the team held it down. And to me, that's important. Because now you 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 feeling like this is has this this window is open for a long time, and for us to keep it open, we in this clubhouse have to be together. They're going to give us the, the the added pieces. That's great. That's amazing. Now we got to go out there and play. Because now you you is, there's no reason for this team to not, in my opinion, now win that AL East, that tough AL East that you you know Boston's going to be there. You know New York is going to be there. Like, you, you can think of this division and say, we should win this division. Cliffy, is there, is there such a thing at the big league level as chemistry? Is this something that this team has to work on? Because you're adding different names. You're, you know, you're bringing in everyday guys. Will that be a, an issue? Will there be some molding has to take place within that clubhouse and on that team? Well, I think always, as you know, you've been around the game. You know, always you have to you have to build that chemistry. But I think the guys that are new, Gossman, um, Kikuchi, as you mentioned, Chapman. Even though Chapman is a real dude, I, I really like uh, you know his mentality. I think he's gonna fit in nice to that clubhouse. But you got you you when you new to a to a nucleus of of, of dudes that's already in the clubhouse that's on point, and you don't need to come in there and police the clubhouse. You, you fit in. You know what I mean? Like, you fit in quickly. You don't want to be the one to disrupt anything. And that, that, what, if, if you're on the outside looking in, you know that squad is on point. So, for me, you come there, you fit in, you, you sort of enjoy the opportunity to maybe take this thing to over 100 wins. Like, those are things you start to appreciate, and, and you fit in quickly. So, I don't think it should take long. I think spring training is enough. To where you feeling like, all right, I'm a part of this squad. I know they wanted me here. I know they, you know, I'm adding to what they believe they are in this clubhouse. And we're going to go out there and do our thing. I guess the other, Cliff, the other, the, the flip side of this is we can finally put to bed the idea of Laddie Guerrero playing third base, which is, <laughs> has sort of intrigued and enraged Blue Jays fans at, at the same time. You know, God love Vladdy. Vladdy's willing, Vladdy's willing to do anything, but I, 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 I got to think that on balance, if you're the Jays, you're 
you know, you, you've made yourself better defensively at third base and, and you've kept your franchise player or one of your franchise players at first base, a position that he, you know, a position that he played pretty well last year. Yeah. Let's just, let's just leave things alone. That ain't broken. Right. Let's just figure out a way to get better. And I think that that's exactly what Ross did. He said, look, if you start moving around certain dudes ahead of year, like Vlad had, you're starting to mess with him again. And, and it's been, you know what? It's not his fault. It's ours. So when I, when I look at this move, this is Ross exactly looking at this team and going, I need to add an incredible defensive player. And that's what he got. And, and I think people are going to look at, you know, maybe Matt figure some things out. Because just a few years ago, even though he hit 249 in, in 2019, I mean, he had 30-plus homers. He had 90-plus RBIs. I'm not saying this team needs a ton of power added. What I'm saying is if you get him back there, because last year he hit 210, and I think people are looking like, well, he's going to strike out a lot. Well, you know, where, where is Charlie going to put him in the lineup and so on and so forth? I believe if when you, when, you, when you look at what Matt is going to bring defensively, you won't even think about what he does at the plate. And even though he's going to be productive, I think he has still a good style of bat. He had 20-some homers last year. So I, I look at Matt, even on a down year, you're looking at what you bring him in for defensively, plus, plus, and then you're looking at the added offense I think this is a double win. Uh, Cliffy, let me ask you about the balance of the lineup. You, we, Jeff just asked you about uh, Vladdy playing third base, but are we overthinking the balance of the lineup? If you look at their right-handed hitters, the, if I'm an opposing pitcher, I basically have to throw most of those righties different ways. Isn't that what balance of a lineup is all about, right? You you got lefty-righty, lefty-righty, that, that, so it gives that pitcher something else to think about. But if you if you think of the right-handed hitters the Jays have, like Teoscar, like Vladdy, like Bo, now like Matt Chapman, like George Springer, all of those guys, you have to pitch a little bit differently. Are we overthinking the balance of the lineup? Sometimes you can. I 100% believe sometimes you can. I like really good, talented players. It, it, look, it, if when, when you have balanced lineups, and this is totally just how I think off the top of my head, it's like I'm going to put a guy in position because I know he has a tough time with a certain pitcher, so I got I to gotta balance his lineup based on what – my my players and my hitters do consistently. If you struggle, you know me. I'm, let's put me in the lineup. I struggle against lefties. Well, you have to balance that lineup a little bit different. You gotta look at certain things. Put Cliffy in the er- area where you know he's gonna be successful. And boom, boom, boom. Maybe I need to move him down a little bit when certain pitches are on the mound. This lineup is different. I don't think this lineup. I don't think anybody. Where I think Charlie can put his hand in a hat and put this lineup together any night. I really do. I, I, I believe that. I look at this lineup. This lineup is going to scare more pitchers than, than, than the pitchers are going to scare these hitters. You know what I mean? So I, I really think balanced lineups are for teams that have players that are just, you know, uh, uh, lacking in certain areas. So you have to balance lineup based on the p- production you're going to get from those players. When you have stud hitters, it don't matter. You have to put the supporting cast players around your studs. That's the length of this lineup that's scary because now this lineup is like, well, you only have two supporting cast-type players around your studs that you have to fit in somewhere. That That's the bonus that they have in Toronto. Yeah, no, listen, I, I'm with you, and I think that, you know, Eno Saris of The Athletic did a, did a terrific piece that a lot of people have talked about regarding the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and it was after, it, it was on the day that the, the Braves are about to clinch the World Series. And something that we talked to some of the Braves people about, too, in this show, Cliff, and they talked about, look, 
Yeah, lefty-righty switch hitters, that, that's part of balance. But it's also getting guys that can handle different pitches. Like, you know, they talked about a guy like Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario can handle a pitch inside, right, whether it's low or high. He has trouble with no pitches. And the, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 yeah. and, they're, and what the Braves were saying is you try to get as many different kind of hitters – and, and make the other team think about how they're going to have to approach guys. And, and, and sometimes I think we get caught up in lefty-righty when we talk about balance. It, it's the type of hitter you have, isn't it, in addition to handedness? 100%, Jay. And, and that's what it boils down to. And even Cam was alluding to it, and I'm just saying to myself, like you have to really think about how dominant your team is. And, and, and look, and be real with it. Like, when I look at the Jays lineup, I'm thinking to myself, what pitcher looks at that lineup the night before and thinks, Jesus, what, what, you know, where, where, where do I get to relax? You don't. Mm-hmm. That's the luxury you're looking for. And, and I think when you look at the Atlanta Braves, as you mentioned them, that's what Brian Snicker had, and that's why they won the World Series. You're able to construct a lineup that's going to go out there and consistently wear that pitcher out time and time again, three times to a lineup, get them out, Get to the bullpen where you have some fire throwers. More, the more the merrier for that, for, for, for really good hitting teams, because the harder you throw, the farther the ball goes. So all these things lead to you not having to worry about what other teams have to worry about. I think when I say luxury, you don't have that luxury around the league as much. That's why the G- Jays stand out so, so much in my mind, because when you, when you add in certain pieces, you're not going to disrupt the, the lineup with a match chat. You're not going to disrupt the lineup with certain players. When, when, when I hear Freddie Freeman and the Toronto Jays in conversation, you're definitely not disrupting a lineup with Freddie Freeman. So this is where I look at Ross thinking, it's my time now to win the World Series. And this is not about making the playoffs. This is not about making the playoffs. This is about winning the World Series. And this, how I look at this trade and how I look at this lineup and how I look at the starting pitching, all these things – leads to me thinking this team goes deep in the postseason. And, and, and that's just before I even get to camp and start seeing teams. Hmm. Cliffy, whenever I was watching uh, Vladdy take Jordan Romano deep in, in live batting practice the first day, I was seeing Bo Bichette take Barrios deep, and Barrios was laughing at him and, and you know, put him in a headlock when he was coming off the field. And, and I, was, I was thinking to myself, when, when I was young and I was trying to have back-to-back unbelievable seasons, right? I, I never got the opportunity to try and do that at the big league level. And I'm starting to think about what would be the biggest challenges for Vladdy and Bo to have that back-to-back seasons this early in their careers. Do you have an answer for that? How, what, what would be the biggest challenges for them to try and do that? KB, one thing, health. That's it. Oh, yeah. Health. That's it. They, they are so different. I remember being in the cage. I know you fellas remember me there before the pandemic and all this stuff happened to our world. Uh, I remember being in the cage with Bo down there in Florida. And we we was going through some stuff, and I'm trying to come up with different questions for this cat. And everything was like, nah, I don't, I don't stress on this. I don't, and I'm thinking to myself, bro, you're too young, and I have, to, I have to assume you're lying to me, right? I have to assume that he's too good. Right, he's so good that it's like he's trying his best not to sound cocky, but he can't help it in a good way. And I thought, 
the league needs to be on notice of this dude right here because it's going to be scary. And then Vlad decided to get himself in great shape. We had numerous conversations, you know, us on, on, on here talking about Vlad, what Vlad needs to do. And I remember saying, if he can just understand the importance of his body being able to carry him through 155-plus games, the, 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 it changes everything. So when I, when I ask that question, KB, it's only because I, I look at these dudes – and they've realized that they have a chance to not only get half a billion dollars, but they can win multiple championships if they can just make sure and maintain what they, you know, something simple, taking care of yourself. And, and they have so much fun playing the game. They understand the importance of, of, of coming to a ballpark. They understand they can be the poster child for this, for this team in that city for a long time. You, you have to take advantage of that. If you're smart, and, and I, I look at these kids, and they look super smart and intelligent. Then, then they'll do that. They'll bond, and, and I'm, I'm assuming as you get better, you win more chips. I think they see that. Cliffy, really good of you to do this as always, my friend. Travel safely in spring training, and we'll look forward to doing this again. Be well. Yeah, no I doubt. miss you, man. Thank I you, miss Charlotte. you. I'll see you, man. You, I miss you too, brother. All right. See ya. Take care. That's Cliff Floyd of the MLB Network. You'll notice he didn't say that he missed me. Well, you didn't tell him you missed him. Not that I'm feeling. Not that I'm feeling. Oh. Oh, you're right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Am I being overly sensitive? Oh, sorry. We're going to a break. Sorry. No, no. I was just. that that was a smart-ass comment. There's always time for a smart-ass comment in this show. Okay, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that like I, down there. I I just think that it's actually a it's a overcast and cloudy. It looks like it's going to rain. Uh, I, uh, I poor baby. it's 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 interesting the the answer that he gave about Bo and Vladdy. When I was watching them take their live batting practice and they're going deep and Vladdy's letting the ball travel off Jordan Romano and hitting a home run to right center field and holding his pose and I'm thinking, what can stop him? And I just don't think there's anything. I think he's the only person can stop him. I really did. So you did some, you did some work yesterday. That's very good. You 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 you. We will get your answer to the assignment we gave you in the next hour. Uh, again, every every day for these two weeks that Kevin's down in Florida, uh, we're giving him an assignment at the end of every show, and he's going to go out and report to us the next day. And uh, I gave him an assignment yesterday to find out about Vladdy at third base. That's been answered, but we'll we'll see if Kevin was able to dig anything else up in that. We've already got an assignment for him. Uh, for him tomorrow, courtesy of Darth Blue Jay, a uh, Twitter follower who DM'd me with the question. And again, you can you can do that every day. Just DM me, SN Jeff Blair, with your assignment for Kevin Barker. We got people who, so far, we've had people asking Barker to do a trivia contest with Hazel May. We've had the obligatory Bundesliga questions, at least four of them, from people who want Barker to do Bundesliga picks. Uh, we've had people wanting Kevin to give them uh, steakhouse references, and we've had some actual serious, honest-to-God baseball stuff as well. So we will do that at the end of the show. We'll give Barker his assignment. We'll get his report on yesterday's assignment, give him the letter grade. But when we come back, Shai Davidi, who broke the details of the players going to Oakland in the Matt Chapman trade, Shai Davidi will join us again. The Jays, they got their third baseman. Matt Chapman, Gold Glove winner. They gave up. Kevin Smith, Gunnar Hoagland, Zach Logue, and Kirby Snead. Sounds like a good deal for me. It ain't Jose Ramirez, but I'm okay with this.
It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a busy morning in Major League Baseball so far. Busy morning, busy late night. The American League East, lots of news being made. Uh, the New York Yankees have signed Anthony Rizzo to a contract. Chris Sale of the Boston Red Sox has a stress fracture in his right rib cage and won't be ready for the start of the season. Now, you never like to see anybody get hurt, but when it's a member of the Boston Red Sox... <laughs> <laughs> I just really don't give a rat's ass, to be honest. So, so you do? Um, yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind bad stuff happening to the Red Sox. I just don't. <laughs> I, 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 I truly don't. And of course, the Yankees and uh, Mets are also dealing with the fallout. Uh, apparently, yesterday, yesterday the realization sunk in, and this tells you how much has been going on in baseball. The realization sunk in that under current New York State guidelines, unvaccinated. Yankees and Mets players won't be able to play their home games, um, which is a bit of a problem. <laughs> I mean, when when there's you know folks like like Aaron Judge, when there's there's some question as to whether or not they are not va- are vaccinated or not vaccinated, I'm sure that will be taken care of. I'm sure the uh, you know I've already heard there's a couple of suggestions being made. One, the fact that uh, that only applies to New York residents. So theoretically, at least, if the Yankees were then Mets were that worked up about it. They could have their players live in New Jersey or Connecticut and come across the river and play or whatever, river or highway, whatever the hell it is that separates that that area. And, uh, of course, there's always a chance that uh, the government can change these rules and regulations as well because it is an outdoor, uh, it is a large outdoor venue. But, I mean, it's something, it's something at least that the Yankees and Mets have to worry about. But all that aside, the biggest news being made this morning by the Toronto Blue Jays acquiring third baseman Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's. The return, as reported by our very own Shai Davidi, Kevin Smith, Gunnar Hoagland, Zach Logue, and Kirby Sneed. Let's bring on the man who had the details of the prospects going to Oakland, Shai Davidi. Shai, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's a hectic morning. I'll let you get back to work very quickly. Um, what's the reaction been out there? Uh, at the and, at, at the Jays complex, amongst the players, amongst the staff, to the the Matt Chapman acquisition. Well, I mean, I think there's a bit of a buzz. I uh, haven't had a chance to talk to too many people, uh, too many players just yet, as uh, we're waiting for some of the finalization. But you know, there was uh, uh, there was some some smiles, some knowing looks around the place. Uh, you know, people uh, people being a little bit coy. But this is going to be quite obviously a very substantial move for the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, you have arguably uh, one of, if not the best, defensive third baseman in baseball. A guy with a ton of power, a guy who walks. Uh, there's uh, that offensive profile is, is going to definitely help them. In an ideal world, he bats left-handed. But, you know, I think that at a certain point, you're like, you know, the talent is so good that you're not even really worried about that. So, you know, it's a significant upgrade. You know, this is going to make life easier for Bo Bichette on the left side of the infield, too, with the amount of ground that Chapman's going to cover. You know, the pitching staff is going to absolutely love the way he hoovers balls. Um, you know, this is and, and, the, and the cost is not is not, uh, you know, Gunnar Hoagland could has a chance to be a pretty good starter in the majors, but. 
this isn't a lot of uh, a lot of sort of near term, uh, not a not a high near term price uh, with some volatility on the long term outlook of the deal. Shy, I was just about to ask you that. So, so fans who are obsessed with prospects in every organization shouldn't be throwing their hands in the air and going, "Oh my gosh, you gave up four prospects for a third baseman." That they should be okay with it. Is what you're saying? Right. I mean, like if you think about it, you, you know, Zach Logue and, and Kirby Snead uh, have both been pushed so far down the depth chart for the Blue Jays with some of their pitching additions. So that it was going to be tough for them to break through here and. Similar to Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's got a chance to be a really nice player. Uh, you know, he, he brings a lot of qualities that you want on your team. And, uh, you know, somebody who can do a bunch of different things. The Blue Jays had him, you know, mostly taking balls at third base so far, some shortstop uh, as well. Uh, and he's got a chance to be a good defender and a decent offensive producer. But he was locked in behind, you know, Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal. And, if you were, if the you know the Blue Jays are all along going to bring in another infielder, which was only going to push him further down the depth chart, and the Blue Jays also have Otto Lopez, who they like uh, a fair bit as well at uh, at AAA. So there there was a lot of depth. You know the Blue Jays dealt, dealt uh, from some of their redundancy. They cleared, they cleaned up a little bit of space on their thirty on their forty man roster. Uh, I think they believe I believe they have three spots open now or two spots open. So that will, you know, allow them to to make a few other moves without necessarily exposing anyone uh, to waivers. So it's a it's a really a, sort of a classic uh, deal for this front office, where you know there are a lot of different layers that are addressed all at once. You you mentioned Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal. Can we assume that that will be the platoon system at second base for the Blue Jays to start the season? Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet at this point. You know, there's still some other things out there that the Blue Jays could do, right? You know, the, that maybe changes things a little bit, changes some of the mix. But, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think this is the end either. Uh, you know, they're, I, I still think they're going to do something on their bench. You know, is that, uh, you know, a super utility guy? Is that, uh, you know, another infielder? Is it, you know, a, an outfielder with some pop? I would assume that any other position players they add will definitely be left-handed, you know, just to to add uh, to add that fl- a bit of flexibility there for for the for Charlie Montoyo. But you know, I, I, as things shape up, you know, the Blue Jays want to give both of those guys an opportunity. They believe in both guys. Uh, both guys have shown uh, in the past why they deserve some run and to get an opportunity. And if, if they're just doing, you know, the, the sort of their baseline. Uh, delivering their baseline level of production, you know, they're going to be fine in this lineup. You know, they don't they don't have to be stars. Anything that really they give them beyond steady defense is going to be gravy. So, Shai, as I look at this team right now, and you know, we've talked about the need for balance, and I had Cliff Floyd on earlier, and Cliff was making the point that balance is nice, but you know, you're not you're not necessarily worried about playing the matchup game with Bo Vladdy. <laughs> you know, you're George Springer, those those guys are gonna get their at bats regardless of the guy throws left, right, or whatever other whatever side the guy throws from. But you know, I look at this team, you've got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., you've got Randall Gritchick, uh Kyle Schwarber is now off the board. He's apparently signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. Look, Carlos Bayerga was on the morning show today and dropped the name of Eddie Rosario, uh, who profiles. You know, he's a guy that could, he's a guy that could help this team. Uh, how much money? Is, I mean, let's talk about 
the free agent market right now. Do we have any idea where the Jays' payroll is and how much more wiggle room they have? Could could they add a free agent, for example, like Rosario, without having to move, let's say, a Randall Grichik? Well, uh, here's the challenge, right? If you're going to bring in another outfielder, you definitely have to push another outfielder out, right? It was an awkward mix last year with, uh, with when they had Chris Dickerson there as well. Uh, excuse me, Corey Dickerson. And that isn't, uh, I don't think they want to tie up their roster quite in that way once again. You know, and the other thing is they've got to figure out what they're going to do with their catchers too, right? Mm. You know, in an ideal mm. world, you're moving a catcher also because Reese McGuire is out of options. The Blue Jays don't want to surrender on him. Uh, you know, and Alejandro Kirk is sort of in a bit of a, a the awkward spot where, you know, maybe, you know, you, you, he's, he can give you some DH at-bats. He can do some stuff for you, a catcher. But, you, you know, you might want him playing on a bit more regular basis so he's got a chance to develop. So, you know, I, I, I still think that there are some more shoes to drop uh, in terms of optimizing this roster. And one other thing to consider is that what makes it tough to move off Randall Grichuk is that he's your protection in center field if right. George Springer has to miss some significant time. And so, you know, if the, and, and, you know, Rosario's not, uh, not a guy you want playing center field. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit awkward in terms of how they're, how they're set up. It's not certainly a problem, but, you know, Randall Grichuk is probably something that you need to, you need to move off of, but then, if you're going to bring in another outfielder, but then you know that other outfielder has to be able to give you a little bit of center field too, which is something that they don't quite have right now. Listen, you know, if you told me at the start of the spring that the Jays would have their everyday third baseman in place, that they would essentially have rounded out their starting rotation. Although I'm sure, I, I, you know, you can never have too much pitching. We know that that that's a cliche. But if you would have told me that they would be able to dress that situation without moving anybody of significance off the major league roster or Jordan Groshans, I I wouldn't believe you. I mean, I just assumed that in all this, at some point, Jordan Groshans was going to, was, 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 was at some point going to have to move. Now you talked about Alejandro Kirk, Matt Chapman's a guy who got, got him under control for two more years before he becomes a free agent. We know that this organization, if they like a guy, the recent track record of this organization is they'll probably extend him. What does this mean for Jordan Groshans? And in in some ways, does this still keep open the possibility that we may see a Jordan Groshans, you know, a deal involving him? Because you mentioned Otto Lopez. They still have him. They've got some, uh, some, some, some other depth in the organization, in the infield. And, uh, you know, of course we know about Gabriel Marino and, and, uh, and, and, um, uh, and Aurelvis Martinez. So I'm looking at I I don't see a way Jordan Groshans makes this team at any point soon. Well, I, I, if there's an injury, you know, if, if Bo Bichette has to miss some time, you know, the and, and Groshans continues his progress, you know, we have to remember that he missed a lot of time and he was playing a lot of catch-up last year. You know, last season was really his first full one uh, in professional baseball because, uh, you know, he had got off to that hot start in uh, 20... 18, I believe, or 2019, and then uh, he was injured early in the season, and that cut it off, cut him off. Then the pandemic hit, so he, he's making up for a lot of lost time. And I, and I, he has a chance to maybe factor in at some point this year. 
But I, my sense is the Blue Jays are maybe looking at him as more a, a 2023 guy or, or beyond from there. So, you know, he's still got some, some horizon. But, you know, he if he progresses, maybe he's he's your your cover for Bo at shortstop if uh, there's a Bichette injury. You know, he's not on the 40-man roster yet. He hasn't even started on options. So, you know, his clock is, is really delayed. They've got a lot of time to play things out with him. And so... I don't think there's an urgency there, but you're right. I, I thought that he might be somebody that they, the Blue Jays would move uh, in a deal this offseason. They still have that option available, but now they can also maybe give him a chance to, you know, continue that uh, to make up some of that lost development and, you know, further increase his value. Shai, really good of you to join us today again. I know how hectic this morning's been for you. Great work on the deal. Uh, go get him, and we'll we'll chat again. Thanks, man. Thanks, appreciate Shai. you guys. Stay well. Shai Davidi of Sportsnet in Dunedin at the Jays Minor League Complex. Gunnar Hoagland, Zach Logue, Kirby Sneed, and Kevin Smith off to the Oakland A's for Matt Chapman. Kevin, I wanted to ask you, uh, we touched on this a little earlier. Uh, September 2020, Matt Chapman had surgery on his right, I, th- I think they said right femoral cap and labrum. So basically the hip joint. Uh, yep. 2021? You know, uh, 27 home runs, 72 RBI in that ballpark, hit 210, 202 strikeouts. Uh, Shy's right. Vintage, you know, if, if Matt Chapman is healthy, he's going to draw some walks the batting average. He's not going to hit 270, 280. He's going to, well, God, in this ballpark, I don't know, he could hit 40 bombs in this ballpark, 30, 35 to 40 mm-hmm. bombs in this ballpark. Uh, but, but talk to me about that injury. As a guy who played, as someone who took a lot of at-bats. Talk to me about what impact a hip injury has on a hitter. Because that would seem to me to be, you know, if you're going to list injuries that hitters can have, especially power hitters, that would seem to me to be just a, a horrific injury to try to come back from. Yeah, good houses are built from the ground up. Hitting's exactly the same way. And when you start having issues with anything from the waist down, that starts to play little mind tricks with you and you, you start overcompensating and, and worrying about doing different things. Look, when you start thinking about Matt Chapman and who he is as a hitter, you don't need him to hit 280, especially in the Blue Jays lineup. You need him to go one for four and drive in a couple big time runs. He's going to be hitting with runners on base that, you know, he's not going to be hitting second for the Blue Jays. He's going to be hitting somewhere fifth or sixth. And you just need him to have those good quality at bats with runners with traffic on the bases and, and need to get some big hits at times. I'm, I'm with you. You know, he's coming to smaller ballparks. That that will help. You know, if he uses right center a little bit more. I just think the foundation for me anyway. I, now, I never got hurt. It's very hard for me to speak of lower half. But I did twist my ankle once. And I do know how things just totally change mindset-wise on how much I attack with my lower half, how much easier I had to ease into things because the pain was so bad that I was thinking more about the pain in my foot than I was thinking about seed ball, hit ball. And when you start overthinking things, as a hitter, things tend to go south. So, I, I, you know, being a year further removed from that, an off-season of maybe health, gave him a chance to go in a batting cage and actually drive 
through his backside. Now, that was his right hip, so that would be his right side. So when you have your gather back, you're putting more weight and pressure on that part of your body. Now you got to get off it. And now if he can just not think about getting off it and it just comes natural, which is sounds like that's what he started doing later in the season, that will help him going into his Blue Jay career. And, again, it's, you know, he's, a, for me anyway, a defensive first player. And now what he brings offensively could be a streaky kind of thing. But that's what that's all you need is a to be in this lineup is hopefully his streaks come with runners in base and, and he can get some big hits. I, I personally think he's far enough removed from that injury that it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, I listen. I, yeah, I, I, I bow to your to your experience when it comes to you know, to breaking down hitting and, and particularly an injury like that. And I think you know, Cliff Floyd made an interesting point about. Um, you know, I mean, there there are things we look at. Obviously, when we when we look at a player, there are statistical measures. But at some point, you at some point you just have to look at what the player is bringing on an all round basis to your team. And they were not. I mean, they're not going to replace Marcus Semyon. I don't think you're going to get replace the war that Marcus Semyon gave you last year. But you know what? You'll be better at third base with Matt Chapman. Uh, maybe at second base. I mean, who knows what Espinal and, and, and Biggio give you. I'm, I'm with both you and Shai. I'm completely fine with those two guys. You're going to have George Springer for more at bats. Uh, you know, your pitching should be better. Hopefully with Yemi Garcia and a, and a healthier Jordan Romano, your bullpen is a little better. But, uh, you know, Nick, Nick, Nick Ashburn of Sportsnet made an, made an interesting point a couple of days ago in an article on sportsnet.ca and and we talked about Matt Chapman's uh, uh you know his defense at third base and one of the points Nick made was if you look at the Jays starting pitching there are a lot of guys they have a lot of fly ball starters uh guys who are going to give up fly balls but Hyunjin Ryu is a guy who's going to give up a lot of ground balls and a lot of those ground balls are to the third base side the other thing, though, that I found interesting is you talk about guys like Tim Mays and Adam Simber. Like, we focus on Hyunjin Ryu, but Tim Mays and Adam Simber are going to be logging a lot of big, big, big uh, appearances for the Blue Jays. I mean, we know that Adam Simber, at one point last year, Kevin, I would argue that the Jays had more faith in Adam Simber than any other reliever in that bullpen. There was about a three-week sure. period where he was the guy. I got to think those two guys in particular are looking at this acquisition and going, "My God, <laughs> you know that it's so on balance." Every year that he has been general manager of the Blue Jays, when people ask Ross Atkins what he's looking for, he mentions run prevention. Run prevention's always been something that they've mentioned. Now, pitching can contribute to run prevention, but obviously, so can defense. And that's why I look at this yeah. acquisition. I look at this acquisition. It's not Jose Ramirez, but. Um, it makes them better. It makes the Jays better. Yeah, it's it's obviously going to make the pitcher that's coming in the game comfortable in throwing his best stuff, knowing that he looks over there and that third baseman is who he is on an everyday basis. You know, and and on the flip side of that too, he makes Bo better. Bo's issue is that third base hole. That's why mm-hmm. you see them a lot of the times moving him over in that hole because he's better at going towards the second base bag. 
Okay, well, now all of a sudden he can play more straight up in his position because he's got a better third baseman, cover better, more ground, who's got a strong arm, who's got an accurate arm, who's got a good first step. Now it makes Bo that much better. But, yeah, it makes everybody better. That, that's the whole thing whenever I was a player is that pitcher has confidence enough in, in who's playing behind them that they don't have to change nothing. You know, we talked about Ryu last year, and Ryu got off to a slow start mentally because he wasn't using his best stuff because of the park. You know, Dunedin and that right center, the way wind's blowing. Well, how can he go down and away with a changeup? You know, you get a little fly ball to, to right center, that's a homer. Now he's changing things. When you change things, you start slowing things down. Arm speed, you start trying to play catch up, and your stuff's not as good, and you're you're falling behind, and we know how that looks. So, it's yeah, it's just going to make everybody else on the field that much better. And now it's, you know, now all of a sudden, there's a lot of this team, if you start look at it, put up or shut up time. Like this team has some big time names on it, and now it's just going out there and performing and and staying within yourself, knowing that on paper, for the most part, you're better than most teams that you're going to face. Now it's now it's up to you to go out there and do it, and that for me will be fun to watch. If you're a Blue Jays fan, it's fun to watch them see if they can go out there and try and do, get this thing done. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was also thinking uh, as you were talking with Vladdy at first base. Having a guy at third base is probably not going to be scatter scatter shooting his throws all over the place. It's going to make Vladdy, Vladdy a better first baseman too. Great, great, great point that you're making. You know the stretch. Every time you see Vladdy stretching over there, how, how many Blue Jays fans are closing their eyes? Because sooner or later, you know Pop he may tweak something. That's it. Don't Pop say it out loud. Now, now, now you got an accurate guy throwing balls to you, hits you in the chest. Makes it a little. It makes it easier for everybody.